Hello, this is Pastor Jimmy Harper. Thanks for listening to this Lee University broadcast. We're excited that you are joining us today for one of our many campus events. We hope that you are encouraged as you listen. The reading comes to us as a conclusion from what Dr. Stevenson had started in John 17, starting with the 13th verse. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by truth, and your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctified myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. May they be brought to completion, a complete unity, to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This concludes the reading from the Gospel of John. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning, I invited some of my neighbors to come and worship with us. And um, they're obviously not Presbyterians because they're sitting in the front row. We only have maybe one Presbyterian here. <laughs> but so I brought my neighbors today, and I thought I'd introduce you to them. They are the Tater family. And the mama, Tater, is sweet potato, and she's very sweet, but she's also a big mama, so watch out. She's full of vitamin A. And then her husband is common. He is the most commentator, in fact. He uh, is, uh, is a russet Burbank. This is the type of potato that McDonald's uses globally for their French fries. He's so common that he took a job at the Daily Banner, so I call him the commentator. And then they have their 30-year-old son, who is still living at home. And he does nothing. He's just a couch potato. He just sits around all day long. He just watches everybody else, and he's a total spectator. <laughs> and they have two daughters, and the oldest daughter is a bully. She is so mean. She picks on everybody. Has anyone had a sister like that? And she's constantly negative, constantly nagging. She's an absolute agitator. And then the little sister, who's the brunt of her wrath, um, she has no self-esteem. She's totally insecure because of her sister. And so she doesn't do anything quickly. She's the hesitator. And in this family, they're all different, but they're all part of the same family. Now, they invited their neighbor. I wasn't going to invite him, but they really felt like they needed to reach out and invite him. He um, is not part of the family. 
Now, he's genetically, he's the same makeup, right? He's a potato chip, right? But he's not part of the family. In fact, he's, he's, he's a jerk. He's mean. He's what you would call a toxic potato chip because he's green. You know, the ones at the bottom of the bag. He's toxic, but they still reached out to him. The thing about what makes potato chips green and toxic is that what happens is when you plant potatoes, if some of your potatoes don't get planted really deep, like they're shallow and the sunshine hits those potatoes, sunshine creates a chemical in the potatoes called solanine. Solanine turns them green and solanine is toxic to us humans. If you eat a green potato, you will likely become very, very ill. And if you eat many green potatoes, you will likely die. That's how toxic it is. And it is the green potato that has ruined our relationship for thousands of years with potatoes. In fact, it wasn't until the 1600s that we put our trust in potatoes. I mean, for thousands of years, we said, no way, Jose, because of the green potato. He ruined it for all, all of us for thousands of years. In the 1600s, however, the Spaniards landed in what we know now as Peru. And when they got to Peru, they decimated the Incas, but that's a totally different story. <clears throat> they also learned how to plant potatoes. Peru is the potato capital of the world. Did you know that? Peru has over 5,000 different types of potatoes. 5,000 different types. In our grocery store, I could only find four at Walmart. Only four types. Peru has 5,000 different types of potatoes. And the reason why they can do this is because it's very mountainous. And they have this like stair-stepping terrace type um, agriculture. And so they will plant their potatoes at different altitudes, and different altitudes have different climates, and so they can have this vast array of different types of potatoes. And the Spaniards, learning that there was a lot of different colors of potatoes, stay away from the green ones, but they took a lot of those potatoes and they brought them over to Europe. And the potato did beautifully, especially in places where it is very rocky, and moist. Potatoes do really well in rocky, moist soil. So places like Ireland, where it's not sustainable for wheat or for corn, the potato did beautifully. And for 200 years, the Irish grew potatoes. And people would actually move to Ireland to become potato farmers because one potato plant, you have about five, eight potatoes that come from that one potato plant. So one acre can feed a family for an entire year. And a potato and a glass of milk is a complete balanced meal of protein, vitamins, and carbs. And so for 200 years, the Irish were planting the potatoes and there was a population boom in Ireland. And things were going really well until one day, a ship from North America carrying some potatoes from South America docked up alongside of the western shores of Ireland in 1845. And on that ship was a wind-borne fungus spore. And the wind blew, and the spore was picked up and spread all over Ireland. And that spore came into that, those potatoes, drilled its way into the genetic code, unlocking the code, 
and it spread a virus throughout the potatoes. And in just six months, just six months, the entire country of all the potatoes, all the potato farms in the entire country of Ireland went to a greenish, blackish mush. And in 30 months, one million people died of starvation. And thousands others fled to America as immigrants. Luckily, they weren't airports at the time, so they were able to get over to America, but that's a totally different sermon as well. <clears throat> they came over into America, and they, they lived here, and they resettled. But all those people had died over in Ireland. And what we know, that is called the potato blight or the potato famine. A massive death, a massive starvation event. The parable of the potato famine is a parable to the dangers of a lack of diversity. And I say this because Ireland had only planted one kind of potato. One kind of potato. They called it the lumper. If they had planted a variety like Peru, the virus wouldn't have been able to negotiate the genetic code so quickly. But they only planted one kind. This is the dangers of the lack of diversity. Lack of diversity brings death. A very famous botanist called Michael Pollan, he calls it the dangers of monocultures. The dangers of monocultures. God loves diversity. 5,000 potatoes? Goodness gracious. God loves diversity. In fact, in Galatians chapter 6, which I want to read here, I love what this says. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, and the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not get up, give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Let us do good to everyone. And then he says this, especially to those who belong to the family of faith. We have this little title called family of faith, this family of believers, which then makes me want to say, well, what about the potato chip, right? Is it really nice to say that the potato chip doesn't belong to the Tater family? It kind of seems a little exclusive. It kind of seems a little mean and not very tolerant to say that the potato chip is not included. It, it seems not very nice to say that there's only one way to the kingdom of heaven, that there is only one road, and by the way, it's very narrow, and only a few find it. That seems very exclusive and, well, not very equal rights. But the reality is, is that in this passage that I read here and the one in John, there is a distinguishing factor between those who are in the family and those who are not in the family. 
Celebrating diversity does not mean accepting everyone and every behavior. Celebrating diversity does mean being good to everyone, loving everyone, but not accepting everything and everyone and every behavior. There is a difference. There is a difference to that. The analogy of the potato chip is a real life struggle that I think we Christians are struggling with, especially you millennials. And how do you deal with being tolerant at the same time recognizing that you're a part of a different family? Holiness, the word holy means literally to be set apart. That's what it means. And in our holiness, we are called set apart from the world. That's what John 17 is saying in order to reach out to the world and to try to bring the world into that holiness. And John 17 says that they will hate us, they will persecute us, not the other way around. Not us hating them or us persecuting them. Actually, we're reaching out, trying to pull them into the holiness. And that's, that's our job, and that's as far as it goes, because the rest of the job is that somewhere down the line, that potato chip has to have its own road to Damascus experience, and that's God's job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But we are called, in our holiness, set apart to reach out and to pull in. And in so doing, we actually reflect our God. I am so tired. I am so tired of people saying that the Islamic Allah is the same God as the Christian God. Allah, the Islamic Allah, is a mathematical singularity. Allah is one. One. Allah has no son. We are not monotheistic. We are Trinitarian. Our God our God is diversity within unity. Our God is relationship in that holiness of unity. And we see this in marriage. Marriage is the most sublime metaphor for God's being on earth, where the diversity of a man and a diversity of a woman, where two become one. And in John's gospel, he's saying, He's praying the prayer that all this diversity that crosses boundaries, crosses borders through Asia, through Europe, through South America, all this diversity that calls upon the name of Jesus Christ becomes unified. And then we reflect the Trinity. Diversity in unity reflecting the Trinity. This is the holiness of what it means to belong into the family of God. And so this morning, we recited a creed. Some of us were reciting one version, another, another version, some other version. We recited the Nicene Creed. The Apostles' Creed is the baptismal creed, but the Nicene Creed is the ecumenical creed. We said we believed in the Holy Catholic Apostolic Church. The Catholic word there is not Roman Catholic. It's Catholic, you can hear it, whole, the whole universal church. And today we gather in all our diversity, in all different places, 
diversity and unity because of the holiness of God. And so this morning we come to a table that epitomizes this message. Crip, would you come and stand with me? Sometimes I think of all the denominations that we have, and we have lots of Christian denominations. And sometimes when I think of these denominations, I get so mad. I get so mad at all the fighting and the competing of churches. Who's got the bigger VBS than the other church? And how one church has their, puts all this money into their roof, and another church, their roof is leaking. And one church is, you know, says, you have to worship on this day, and another church says, no, you have to worship. And there's all this fighting. And then sometimes I look at denominations and I say, wow, listen to this. One has a rock band with smoke machines, and another one, it's organ, sitting in quiet. Some people are standing in worship. Some people are sitting in worship. Some people worship on Saturday. Some people worship on Sunday. And I say, wow, look at the diversity. Isn't this beautiful? And I have said it before, and I will say it again as we gather at this table. This is not a Church of God table, and this is not a Presbyterian table. This is not a Baptist table. This is not a Lutheran table. This is not a Roman Catholic table. This is the Lord's table, and anyone who has put their trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior is welcome to come to the family meal.